0: Hi, and welcome to the Savvy Social Hour podcast. This show is for female biz babes looking to uplevel their business and become rockstar entrepreneurs in no time. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited to chat with you about today's episode. Let's get right into it. Hey Savvies, welcome back to another episode of the Savvy Social Hour podcast. I'm here today with Shauna Armitage. Shauna is a growth consultant for startups and small businesses working closely with brand leaders to strategize for impact while guiding them on execution and accountability. She acts as a part-time CML for brands looking to scale. As a vocal advocate for women in business, Shauna is on a mission to redefine what it looks like to be a working woman, a mission that led to the founding of Making Moxie, an online publication and a community for female entrepreneurs. She works on all this while sipping red wine in between road trips with her husband and four kids. So I'm so excited to have Shauna here to chat today all about the key elements to small biz marketing success. So let's dive right in. Hi, Shauna. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here and I can't wait to chat all about the key elements to small business marketing success with you today. So before we dive into this episode, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and just how you got started doing it all.
1: Sure. So thank you for having me. Um, I started making Moxie in 2017 when I lost my job and I really decided that I wanted to go out and do marketing consulting on my own instead of working for an agency. That way I could really control the relationship that I have with clients and, and how I got to work with the clients. So I started making Moxie the blog, which is a place where a lot of other women come for inspiration and come to contribute their thought leadership on everything from raising kids and being a business owner to their ideas for marketing for small business. So that's really great. Uh, But ultimately, I'm a consultant that works with small businesses and startups to figure out what they
0: need to do to be growing. Yeah, that's great, and I feel like a lot of people start their job—at least that uh, I've interviewed—they start their entrepreneurship like journey because they, you know, lost their job or were laid off or you know some kind of extenuating circumstance like that. And it kind of just like uh, you have that sink or swim moment: like, am I going to do this or am I going to go look for another corporate job? So I love that, and I think that's a really cool part of everyone's journey—just kind of how they really got started doing it all.
1: Yeah, I thought it was just me. I thought I was an entrepreneur by accident. I just kind of decided that that was the path I wanted to take at that point in my life. Um, I never really had the entrepreneurial gene. Um, I was happy getting a paycheck, not having to worry about all the businessy stuff. But now that I've been kind of pushed into that arena, there's a lot about having my own business that I really enjoy.
0: Yeah, I'm the same way. Like when I first started, I didn't really like when I was in high school and college, I wasn't like, yeah, I'm going to own my own business and that's what I'm going to do. I kind of thought I was just going to take that traditional corporate path and, you know, be happy with it. But then I kind of got a taste of it and I was like, wow, like this is great. You know, I kind of want to do this. So then I ended up doing it and now I can't imagine going back to the structure and all that stuff. So it's really funny how things work out for, you know, you don't realize that that's something that's even an option for you. And then once you get into yeah. it, it kind of feels like. I should have been doing this the
1: whole (laughs) time. I feel like when you're in high school or college, you don't realize it's an option. You could be a teacher or a firefighter or or all these, you know, kind of traditional jobs. I didn't really see business owner (laughs) or agency owner or any of those things as something that people did. Mm -hmm you know, you went to high school, you went to college, you got a job with a company and that's just how life went. So it wasn't until I was adulting that I didn't realize that life wasn't that simple <laughs> and that the, the best way to do what I wanted to do was to do a business for myself.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, if your parents aren't entrepreneurs or something like that, or you don't have like a family friend who does that, then, it's you know, you don't really know that it's a viable option because you don't know anyone who does it. Like my mom was a teacher. My dad worked in the oil field and he was like a salesperson in the oil field. So it was like, I didn't know that that was even... A thing and I think now with the internet and online businesses it's popping up so much more for people and there's like even majors in college like entrepreneurship like when I went to college it wasn't even that long ago I graduated in 2014 so not that long ago and that was not a major at my school and that was not really a thing and now you can major in that so it's, it's really crazy how things have changed in such a short period of time they have they've changed a lot so when you said you work with clients as a consultant. Do you mostly do like local or online or kind of a mix of both?
1: Um, it really depends. I've got clients who are local. I've got clients who are not local. What, what it really comes down to is... Not whether they're like a local small business or that they're an online business. It really just comes down to if they have the growth mindset or not. A lot of small businesses aren't really concerned about growing. You know, they've got their brick and mortar store. They like to pay the bills um, and, and they're not really looking for any more than that. Companies that are looking to franchise or grow or you know, start new product lines, they need to see growth. They need to have more revenue coming in so they can hit the next milestone. So those are the clients that, that are really attracted to me because they're just looking for their marketing to do something different for them than the average small business owner.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you know, like you said, a lot of businesses that are like small businesses are kind of content with where they're at, as long as they can pay their bills, and they have like a paycheck to go home with them, you know, every month, they're pretty content. Um, But they're definitely, you know, a small business that is wanting to kind of skyrocket their growth. And that's where the whole marketing strategy kind of comes into play, because they're trying to up level instead of just staying consistent.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And those are typically the businesses that I really like to work with. Nothing wrong with small businesses that are happy where they're at. Uh, But for me, it's it's more about the the businesses that are looking to reach new heights.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I feel like those are more, those businesses are more coachable anyway, because they're ready to take other people's advice. They're not just like, you know, so stuck in what they're already doing that they're not going to be willing to listen to what someone else has to say
1: that is so true
0: I mean that's what I've experienced so there have been people who have hired me in the past and I'm, and they're like fighting me on every decision I'm like well why did you even hire me like, <laughs> you're gonna fight tooth and nail for every single thing that I'm suggesting like what's the point am I even the expert here or are you the expert like, <laughs> so you know those people are you know going to be the ones who are you know, not wanting to really up level even though they say they are they, they end up you know, fighting themselves because of you know, whatever issues they have going on.
1: Absolutely. I've seen that too. Yeah.
0: So what are some of the key elements that small businesses need to kind of get successful with their marketing and see that growth?
1: I think that you kind of just said something right there is that they need to be open to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can't hire somebody to help you with your marketing and then feel frustrated when things are just like, business as usual. Um, you know, if you're not open to being creative and doing things differently than you've always done, then you can't really expect things to change, right? So, I think a key element for that, you know, small businesses need to succeed is they need to be open to change, um and that also means they need to be willing to spend money on right. initiatives. I think there's this like false notion that, that You get a Facebook account or you get an Instagram account and then all of a sudden people find you and, you know, you can do things cheaply and organically and, and you can, but those things take time and it's not in and of itself uh, a strategy. You have to be willing to actually invest into your growth financially.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. Cause you know, if you're just hiring on a consultant for the bare minimum and you, you, or you are seeing growth, but it's not what you want. And, but then you're also not willing to even try with ads or anything else other than an organic strategy. Then you're not going to see the results you want, and then you're going to be upset with your results, and then ultimately upset with the person that you hired, even though you know they're not going to spend their own money to advertise your their, your business. That's all on you. So.
1: Yeah. And we live in an age now where organic reach is down. You <laughs> used to be able to get stellar results on Facebook or Instagram, you know, three to five years ago. And now it, it, there it is a pay to play world. And there's so many people who are using those platforms now that if you want to stand out, you, you have to be willing to invest on advertising and things. And I think people get really, um, confused because they see other businesses who had great success just doing things organically, but not realizing that that maybe happened five years ago and the atmosphere isn't the
0: same anymore. Exactly. Or that that person really just got lucky, even if it it happened recently, like that's not to say it's a fluke, but it's not as common as it used to be. So if someone like really skyrockets quickly on either Facebook or Instagram or any of those other platforms, it's not, it's pretty much luck because the algorithms are just so hard to combat these days without paying to play that, you know, if you do do it organically and you do it quickly, you know, you either got really lucky or you bought followers and you just bought really good followers that don't look sketchy. So yeah, that's, that's kind of my take on that at least. And
1: they could also be spending a lot of time on it. You know, I think a lot of small business owners think like, Hey, I'm going to post to Instagram or I'm going to post to Facebook and that's good enough and it's not. The people who grow really quickly are the ones who spend hours every day pinning or repinning or commenting on things on Instagram and really diving into the platforms in a very big way and small business owners, two things they don't have a lot of is time and money. (laughs) So (laughs) nobody most small business owners don't have the time to invest in the platforms in that way. Um, so you can be effective organically, but that means that you're taking a lot of time away from something else that probably needs more attention.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like that's so true because, you know, whenever I had started and I didn't have that many clients yet, I had, I was spending a lot of time on my social media strategy because you know, I was like, I need to get these clients, all this stuff, and of course, my engagement was up because I was spending so much time. Now that's like kind of an afterthought because I do have clients and I do have referrals and all that stuff. So my strategy has, you know, changed. Obviously, now I'm focusing on my client social strategy versus my own. So that's been different. In, you know, going from a lot of follower, I mean, a lot of like engagement to it. Dying a little bit is just that's what's going to happen if you don't have the time to organically engage and you're not putting any money into that. Social media is not. So, is there any other elements that you would say that small businesses need to succeed with their marketing? I
1: think getting offline is really important. Uh, Digital marketing and social media are can, can be huge for a business, but getting offline is also very, very important. And I think a lot of small businesses underestimate the power of networking and building strong relationships. So whether it's having a presence in your community where people know they can trust you or having relationships with other business owners where you can cross promote each other. um, There's a lot to say for, for having a strong network when you're a small business owner.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that, especially with people who do have brick and mortar locations, um, because then you know you're getting out your name and your community and then more people are coming into your store more people are hearing about you all those things Um, for people who are primarily online based it can be a little harder I mean to you know if you're not looking to target local people like for me I don't really work with anyone local but I do have like friends who do mostly local people so I kind of see both sides of things but I think networking in general is really important just because for me when I go to these events in person I'm able to meet other local business owners and you know collaborate with them online, but they're still a part of my community. I've met them in person and things like that. So
1: it can be tough online, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's impossible. Uh, I built my business at a time where my husband's in the air force and he was leaving for a six month deployment and I had three kids at home. So needless to say, I did not get out of the house much. So I was building my business at at that point, and I found a lot of good relationships online and you know they some of them could have been from LinkedIn or Facebook groups, uh, but a lot of these people have just been fantastic um not necessarily intentionally, but you know, they've been referral partners, they've invited people to do my business growth challenges, and they, you know, reshare the stuff that I put out online. So networking online looks different, but I think people would be very surprised in the friendships and the brand advocates that they could cultivate if they're truly interested in getting to know, you know, other, other business owners
0: online. Definitely. I actually made two of my very best business besties online. Um, and I've never met them in person. I'm actually meeting one of them in person tomorrow, which is really cool. Um, but you know, I never thought that that would be a thing. Like you'd be able to meet someone online and then have them have uh, as close of a relationship with you as you do with some of your people, you know, in person and you know, even cause none of my friends in person do business online or in general. They have traditional jobs. So it's nice to have someone to talk about all those little details that my friends that are in the corporate world would not understand. So it's just a crazy world we live in that we can make these relationships online and have them be so solid.
1: It's kind of wild how that works out, but exactly what you said, it's it's really nice. And some of the people that you meet online, will you may never meet them, but they'll be the biggest advocates for your business that you could have imagined.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, there are some people that have been I've been friends with for years, and like we may or may not meet, but they're so like helpful with me in the business. Whether they're recommending me for stuff or they're just like cheering me on on the sidelines, it's so helpful and so beneficial. And then when you actually do get to meet some of those people in person, it's just you're you're, you're over the moon because you're like, wow, like finally putting the face. the name in person not just over like a zoom call or something like that and then it's not awkward because you've talked a million times whether that's over um you know text or in facebook messaging or even just like zoom calls so it's really cool and i'm really excited to start meeting those people that i've met online three years ago in person
1: absolutely me too
0: <laughs> so a lot of small businesses struggle with how to market themselves. So what is your top tip for marketing without the major overwhelm?
1: That is a great question because it's definitely it's easy for anyone to get overwhelmed with marketing. There's so many channels, there's so many things to do. So I think the biggest thing to remember is that you can't do it all. Yes. You just absolutely can't do it all. There's not enough time in the day, you know, if you're spending too much time on marketing, you're not spending time on other important aspects of running your business. So what it comes down to is two different things. So if you can't do it all a, you have to prioritize what you're doing. Maybe you shouldn't be spending your time on Instagram. Maybe it's just you, It seems nice to to be building an Instagram following, but it's not bringing business in. It's not actually helping you generate revenue. You need to identify what strategies are going to be the most effective and put your your time and energy there. So that's the first route. The second route is that you need to delegate. You need to pay someone to help you, whether it's maybe you realize that Instagram can be effective for you. You just don't have time to manage it properly, so you pay someone else to do it. Yeah. or um, you, or you, you, know, you pay someone to do specific tasks, or you hire a VA to, to you know, pick up the slack on things to, to help support you in everything that you've got going on. So the overall message is that you can't do it all. So you either have to prioritize what you do or you have to be willing to invest into the growth by hiring someone else to support what you're trying to accomplish.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important. And for me, the method that I kind of use is either I systemize it. So I completely just do it on a system. So for me, Twitter is not something that brings in business or traffic or anything, but I just, I know I need to be there just because, you know, just to have it going and I don't do anything with it except for I have a queue of content that automatically goes into the Twitter account every single day, month, whatever. And, you know, I paid for that system, but it's not, and it's not costing me as much as it would if I had someone manually loading it, but you know, it's still like, I'm using that system. It's automatic, it's automated, you know, everything works. And then I say like, outsource like anything that needs to be done but you either don't have time or energy or you know someone else can do it quicker or better than you can and then eliminate so it's like things you're doing that you just don't need to be doing at all that aren't benefiting you and you know it would be kind of a waste of money to pay someone else to do it because it's not essential. So that's kind of how I look at it. Um, I try to recommend people going to systems first because if they can afford like $20 a month for a tool versus paying someone, then I recommend that obviously because you're Mm. saving that money. But once you get to the point where you're like, okay, I really need help with this, but I can't find a tool that will do it all for me, then that's kind of when you can outsource it to someone else.
1: Yeah, that's a really smart way of looking at it and that works for everything from Social media to accounting
0: <laughs> or even it's like personal for everything. even personal things like for me um, well now I do curbside pickup for my groceries mm. but when I live downtown and the grocery store is kind of farther away and I didn't want to go, I would have them delivered to my apartment. So, you know, just even personal tasks can be outsourced. Like if it's something that you don't want to do, it drains you and you can't afford to outsource it, then do it. Like have your groceries delivered. It's not lazy if you are using that time to do something else. You know, if you're just sitting around on the couch instead of going to the grocery store and not doing anything, then that's a different story. But, you know, if you're just using that time so you can do something important in your business or in your life in general, then, you know, outsourcing personal things isn't a big deal either.
1: It's really smart. Actually, it's a good use of your time. I found uh, we actually started having deliveries for groceries this year. And Mm -hmm. at first I was like, I don't want to pay 10 bucks for delivery. And then I realized, you know, I'm saving an hour and a half to two hours every grocery trip because I'm just doing it on my computer. I'm actually saving money because I'm not picking up random things off the shelf, (laughs) you know, like I'm only picking the things that I were on my list to begin with. And then the time that it takes to, to have, you know, to drive it home. I'm, I'm the same way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like, even with my grocery store online, it'll show coupons that are like, relevant to whatever's in your cart so you can like look at the coupons at the bottom and then like attach those as well so it's not like you're wasting money either it's just like you're not getting things you don't need just for the sake of it but like if something you did add to your cart does have a coupon it'll Mm -hmm. show digitally as well so you can save that money as well if you're able to
1: yeah there's there's you're right there's so many tools from everything from social media to accounting to your personal tasks that you can really streamline a lot of the things that you're doing in your life if you really think about what's available to you to, to support you in that.
0: Exactly. And in, like for me, I hate grocery shopping. So like that's the first thing. I'm like, yes, I will go to the grocery store. My grocery store is like less than five minutes away. So I'll go to my grocery store and have them put in my car. Not only am I not getting tons of junk food that I don't need, but I'm also saving time that I would be spending perusing the aisles. So, Absolutely. Um, so as a small business, we kind of talked about this, but about paid advertising a little bit, but is it essential for getting our name out there or is there another way to, you know, still get our name out there without just throwing thousands of dollars into ads?
1: I don't think you have to throw thousands of dollars into ads to get your name out there, but I think what it really amounts to is how fast you want to grow. So you can do a lot organically on your own through networking, through publishing the different channels, through building your, your social media accounts. But those things take time and they don't immediately have any kind of ROI. So if you're looking to build faster, if you're looking to get people into, um, different offers faster that you have, then you need to be doing advertising because that's how you're going to get yourself in front of the right audiences quicker. So I'm not saying that you have to, it really depends on what your goals for growth is and how long you're willing to wait for those initiatives to pay off.
0: Yeah, very true. I think one platform that you can go without ads on pretty well. I mean, you could definitely still do ads on this platform, but you can definitely do without the ads and still have really good results. It's Pinterest because mm. since it is more of a search engine, like as long as you're optimizing it properly, it's a lot easier to get people on your website with Pinterest than it is on Facebook and Instagram because the algorithm is a little more friendly. I mean, it's, you still have to know what you're doing to comply with the algorithm, but it's not as ridiculous as like Instagram where it's like, Oh, if you don't have a lot of engagement within the first 15 minutes and your post is not going to be shown as much. So
1: it's Pinterest Uh compounds like no, no other, no other platform has that where like the longer it's on there, the more likely it is to get traffic because, you know, it compounds every time somebody sees it or it gets into a place with these other ones. We see quicker engagement, but after that initial engagement, it doesn't do much for us. So uh, Pinterest, Pinterest can be really powerful depending on the business that you have.
0: Yeah, like if, if I feel like it works really well for people. Like boutiques, I think they would do okay on Pinterest, but a lot of the time things can sell out pretty quickly. So Pinterest, that's kind of frustrating if someone clicks through a pin and stuff is already sold out. Right it's still a good opportunity to click around and see what else is available. But Pinterest is really good for the longevity purposes. And then also, you know, if you really wanna get people on your email list, Pinterest is a good option too. And like I said, you don't need to use paid ads. I, I have experimented with them for myself and they worked really well. And you know, um, I feel like my audience was really targeted, but you don't need to do that to be successful on Pinterest. You just need to put in a little time and effort and it may take longer to see that ROI, but I'm living proof that Pinterest works because I have a post from 2016 that still gets continuous hits every single day Mm. to this day, and it is October 25th, 2018. So (laughs) it's two years. So it's just like the longer it's on Pinterest and if people are still interested, it's gonna keep popping up on people's feeds. So, you know, keep that in mind.
1: That evergreen content, man.
0: Yeah, it's great. You know, I'm just, I wish I would have had more posts that went viral like that. But yeah, it's just crazy that, like, that one post brings me continuous traffic to this day. And, you know, if you have evergreen content, that's going to be really great. You know, if you have a post that's just like fall 2018 favorites or something, that's not necessarily going to be the content that does well on Pinterest. But those ones that, um, you know, like 30 Halloween. Food recipes, or you know, things like that, that'll do well. Even though it's seasonal, it'll do well every single Halloween if you put the time and energy to make your descriptions and stuff optimized. But
1: I'll get okay. off soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that that 2018 post would be a great one to to do paid advertising to on Facebook.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's where you're going to get the more bang for a buck for those things. With if it's not seasonal. And not evergreen, um, then you know if it's just like that one month that it's applicable, or the three months of fall, and then even like in the future, if you wanted to for Pinterest purposes, you could change it up and make it like update it to 2019, and right. you whatever know, you want to do, if you want to put in time to do that. But yeah, it's just. Pinterest is great. As you can tell, I'm a huge Pinterest lover. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when it comes to personal preference, what what channels do you suggest kind of using to market ourselves to a digital audience? I know it's definitely going to depend on the brand and the company wanting to use these platforms, but just kind of like as an overall, what do you think is used <laughs> to be the best results for your clients personally? I was
1: just going to say, Jenny, that's an impossible question. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I like everybody to be on Facebook uh, Mm -hmm. just for the simple fact that that's the best place to advertise right now. All of my clients do social advertising. So Mm -hmm. having some kind of presence, even if you're not putting a lot in to actually grow, having some kind of presence there. So if somebody sees one of your ads, they see that you're actually an active company that's doing things is important um Instagram has been the fastest growing platform for a little while now. Uh I think that it's also a very hard nut to crack. It's one of those that you can't just post, you have you can be really really great and you can sell there, but man, you have to be involved. Mm-hmm. So I would suggest that if maybe you have an online business or you're coaching or you're doing something where you really have time to connect with people there. I think that's super important. Yeah. Um and I am just getting into Pinterest myself, honestly. Um I because of the blog content that I have, mm-hmm. it's really important to me that the contributor articles get seen because my contributors are just fantastic. So I recognize that Pinterest is going, out of all those platforms, Pinterest Mm -hmm. is going to be the one that's actually going to drive traffic to my
0: site on a regular basis. Exactly. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. And I, Instagram is great. And especially if, if you want to make those personal connections on Instagram, because you can do Instagram stories mm-hmm. and it's a lot more personal and it's really good for personal brands. So like coaches, social media consultants, things like that. Um, they do really well on Instagram because you're able to really like make that connection with your audience and they can DM you and like chat directly. Um, and you can't really do that as much on you know Facebook because while well, they can respond it's like a public thing you can't like take it to the DMs and you know privately chat with them because not everyone feels comfortable like dishing everything um, publicly so that's the cool thing about Instagram but yeah you're right it definitely takes a lot of extra time and effort to really grow on there and get the engagement that you deserve because like I said earlier the algorithms are not friendly and you know if your post doesn't get like a decent amount of engagement within the first 15 minutes or so then you're kind of doomed which sucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay let's dive into the three questions i ask everyone that comes on the show so what does it mean for you to be an entrepreneur and what is your favorite part about it
1: this is going to sound so corny. Uh, but I definitely appreciate the freedom. Uh, like I said, my husband's in the air force, so we get moved around. So having a nine to five job at a corporation is tough to do because I never know how long I'm going to be somewhere. Um, also the fact I have a big family, I've got three kids, I've got one more on the way and being able to manage my time the way I want to and not having to worry about, you know, what time my boss wants me to be at work or leave work or Mm -hmm. um, it really helps for the specific family lifestyle that my husband and I want to have for our kids. So that, you know, I hear people say freedom a lot when it comes to entrepreneurship and it's it 's kind of split because there 's a lot of freedom to it, yeah, I get to make my hours, but at the same time, if i 'm not putting in a certain amount of hours, nobody else is picking up the slack like that work is just not getting done, exactly. so there 's a lot of with, with the freedom comes the responsibility, but I like having the ball in my court and not having to rely on anybody else for those things.
0: yeah, no, I completely agree with that, and yeah, like they're, not everyone's going to be cut out for entrepreneurship because. You have to get your own clients. You're responsible for pretty much everything, unless you're making enough to be able to outsource and things like that. But in the long run, it's worth it, I think, because it's like it's your baby. You grew it. You nurtured it. You made it thrive. And you can't really say the same if you're working in a nine to five job because uh, you don't own that company. Like, so it's it's a it's a it's a lovely experience, I think. But it's not for everyone. So it definitely is not. <laughs> Um, so what is your favorite tool that you use in your business? Just one that you couldn't live without. Just, I mean, it doesn't have to be like anything crazy or a digital tool or anything. Just like something where like, if I did not have this, then my business would not succeed. Or you know, that's a little dramatic, but.
1: Uh, no, there's probably two things. Um, I, I live by my Google Calendar. Yeah. Um, I have my Google Calendar synced to my phone. And now with things like, where I can put myself on somebody else's calendar, with a lifestyle having, you know, a bunch of kids, there's always something going on. Mm -hmm. So I live and die by being able to have that that Google Calendar connected to the internet and always knowing what's going on. Um, And then the other thing I am very old school. I write everything down. So I constantly have a notebook with me and I'm making to-do lists. Um, and that really helps keep me focused and making sure that my project management is on point because I'm always taking notes about what's what's going on.
0: Yeah, no, Google Calendar is amazing. And I love that. I use Acuity, but it does the same thing. It syncs directly with my Google Calendar. And then I also use Asana. So then I have a Zap set up in Zapier that it syncs to my Asana. So <laughs> It's amazing because I get reminders like, okay, hey, you have a call coming up on my phone, but then I can also look at my asana at any given time and see, okay, this is how many calls I have this day. and you know, This is what I'm doing at these times. So it's really helpful. And I used to be a paper planner myself, but I realized that I was getting, things were getting lost. <laughs> I wasn't moving them over to the like next day or something. So I ended up you know, going digital and and I haven't looked back since, but I definitely do have a paper planner still that I use. And it's more of like a scrapbook now. Like I like to just put (laughs) stickers and then write down like everything that I'm doing that week, but I don't really look at it. It's just more so for the memories like, Oh yeah, this is what I did, you know, last week at 2 PM or whatever, just kind of more so just to keep track of you know what my year has been like not necessarily to keep myself straight
1: (laughs) I do like Trello uh I've used Trello for a bunch of client projects Mm -hmm. and it's it's great to like have everybody's stuff in the same place Uh, the only problem with using softwares like that is that if not everybody's using it then you're kind of back to square one, yeah. where then you're emailing and then you know you're writing stuff down and it doesn't make it in there, and that's where you know I just I always revert back to to my handwritten notes.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, I try to make it as easy as possible to like kind of adapt to, to a sauna if they've never used it before. Like I do like a video and stuff, so mm-hmm. they kind of get used to it if they've never used it. And a lot of people end up liking it, but some people still just end up emailing me or they'll like you know, they'll post in the Asana and like, or I'll post on the Asana and they'll just respond via email instead of in Asana. And that's fine too, because I'm, it, sh- it shows up in the Asana directly, even though there's sending it via email, if there was right. something I put in Asana. So it's not a big deal. Um, but yeah. So if they're not like loving it, then, you know, they still can technically email me, even though I'm not responding in email for the most part. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of gives them the best of both worlds. And then they're kind of able to see, what they're getting what's getting done because a lot of my clients like to kind of know like hey like what's getting done here and like being able to see me checking off tasks kind of helps them feel better about things but definitely easier than having like a weekly check-in yeah yeah so I don't have to have calls with them and stuff because I think that would be so draining to have a check-in call with all of my clients <laughs> there's there's too many of them for that but yeah So lastly, who is your go-to business resource? Just the person that you feel like they're always killing it with the content they're creating and you're just really inspired by them.
1: Um, I am actually really inspired by a friend of mine, Meg Dillagrain. She's not like a big business guru or anything, but she is the marketing director at a small company called Urban Southern. And they put out a lot of content that, that can be related to business or self-care, um, and I always love to see what she's doing with their, their company and their marketing initiatives. So I, that really uh, keeps me inspired with what I've got going on with my clients and my own
0: work. Yeah. I think it's always good to have someone like that, that you know, you just, you feel like they always have these creative ideas. And then when you look at it, you're, you know, you can get some ideas too, not necessarily like copying what they're doing, but just kind of like looking at it and say, Oh, well, that's a different take than what I would have used, but that's great. You know? So having people like that in your corner is really helpful.
1: There's a lot of gurus out there, but I think it's so valuable to take a look at what other small business owners are doing uh, because they're, maybe more on your playing field and what they're doing might be more actionable for you than what you see some of the, the big players doing. And, and those are people that you can relate to and, and actually have a real conversation with, not like a coaching call. Exactly. Uh, so yeah. that it's really valuable to have friends that inspire you when you're, when you're doing small business.
0: Yeah, I I love that. And I like to kind of pick someone from each kind of level, like that really crazy, like non-relatable person. And then (laughs) someone who's like, you know, on the same level as me and then someone who is, you know they're just starting out but I feel like they're gonna be like really really good at what they do but they just mm-hmm. haven't gotten there yet so I kind of like to look at the three different tiers and see like okay well this is like an aspirational person and this person is like on the same level and then this person is like I know they're gonna be really awesome when they finally get their feet wet and they're able to do this so yeah absolutely And then where can we find you? So your website, your social channels, all that good stuff.
1: Well, I am on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Mm IamMakingMoxie. And Moxie is M-O-X-I-E. Apparently you can spell it with a Y, but I'm from (laughs) Maine, and we don't do that in Maine. Um, And then the website is just makingmoxie.com.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I really enjoyed chatting with you.
1: Thank you for having me, Jenny.
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find all the details from this episode by going to www.savvysocialhour.com slash episode dash 75. Make sure to join the Savvy Social Media Babes Community Facebook group for daily prompts, updates on the podcast, and more. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. You can find us on the web at www.savvysocialhour.com. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Savvy Social Hour and like our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash Hour. New episodes will be released every single Tuesday and Thursday. See you next time.